When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast on Coast to Coast Football. We're Coast to Coast because I'm in Atlanta and this guy over here, Nick, is in Seattle. So we are Coast to Coast with your football coverage. And we're not even just Coast to Coast right now. We're international. Uh, I wasn't real sure. I'm like, we're going to talk We're going to talk some draft again. We want to move forward with some roster breakdowns, wins, losses. We can hit all those things. But you know what? This The, the NFL gave us a little bit today with the international release, and we can talk some actual games and who's coming up. Nick, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, computer was a little slow starting up this morning. I did an update last night. I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? But uh, we're here now, and uh, it's beautiful outside, man. I almost don't want to go to work. I want to go outside and do something all day, but probably end up still in the office. Um. It, it's starting to be like that spring, you know, spring fever, and the kids here get out so early. You know, they're out of school like May 23rd. Um, they go back August 1st, but they're out early. So we got we got some serious spring fever going on around here. Speaking of spring fever, I want to say hello to some folks while the chat is kind of finding its way out into the the, the Facebook verse and uh, and YouTube verse. So if you're if you're listening to this after the fact, and we're, we're starting to get a lot of listens on the podcast side of things, we are live every Monday and Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy. Pretty easy to find. Michael Ranquillo has found us. Thank you, sir. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Kevin F., who finds us on Facebook and YouTube, is on YouTube today. He says, good morning, guys. I usually miss Mondays, but actually await your Wednesday podcast. Appreciate you being here for sure. Jeremy Sean says, happy hump day, fellas. And uh, Roger Cook says, afternoon all and hump day. That sounds kind of (laughs) rude. I just can't ever remember one one of my friends i worked with was absolutely obsessed with the hump day geico commercial so you know he and, and he yeah. was about six foot seven he was a volleyball player mm-hmm. and he'd walk into the studio and be like hump day yeah <laughs> so roderick if you haven't seen the geico hump day commercial do a quick google it's it's pretty fun uh larry sim says uh rise up good morning everyone and jeremy has a quick comment he says, I don't understand the hype around schedule release. I guess the videos will be cool, but we already know which teams are playing. And frankly, I don't care about the videos. Um, and I didn't really get it either until, you know, the last three years I've been working in, in the NFL stuff. I was do I did college football and high school football recruiting for years before that and, and, and wasn't really as involved in the NFL on the media side. But now that I am, it's... It's just another, I think someone said in here, a drip. It's it's like, it's making it more real. Like, it's almost back. We've had the draft. Mm-hmm. Here's the schedule. Keep you engaged. And it just, it makes it feel like the the, the season is closer. It gives you something mm-hmm. to hold on to because there's news to talk about. Another week goes by, hey, it's now June and we're talking OTAs. So it, it helps keep everybody connected a little bit better, I think. And I am kind of excited to see the schedule release. I was I was pretty excited to see the international games this morning. And um, so I, I get it more now than I used to, for sure. I mean, anything that we can get content, you know, right? The excited to talk about, get us through the 
the doldrums that is summertime in football. So uh, is it overhyped? Yeah, it's it's silly. It's fun. We already know the opponents that they're playing, but yeah, why not be silly and fun with it? You know, that's kind of my motto in most things uh, in life. So enjoy it and uh, hopefully look forward to some of the games. And I'm enjoying, you know, the whole international aspect of this. I mean, finding out some of these big matchups too coming forward. I mean, Broncos hopefully aren't going to play. What was it? Five times in prime time like they did last year, like hide us away until we've earned it. Uh, talking <laughs> for the Broncos, man, avoid that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the international games are now playing in Germany. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So international games and kind of fun. The, uh, the, we've talked about this before and it's kind of been a talking point with the, uh, a lot of people in the NFL for a while, but are the Jags, are they just going to make that move to London here full time coming up? I mean, just there's, there's playing two games in London this season. They're staying over there for two weeks. And uh, we got Cristiano also coming in saying morning. Y'all good morning to you, Cristiano. Hope you're doing well. Happy Wednesday to you. Yeah. And the, the Jacksonville is that's, that's who the Falcons are playing. They're playing Jacksonville and Jacksonville was when I went over to London last year with Denver Broncos, they were playing the Jaguars and it was a home game for the Jaguars. The Falcons are, will play a home game for the Jaguars. I haven't looked at it, but their next game, the Jaguars are on back-to-back weeks and their second game. Who was the second game against, against the bills and t- at Tottenham, Tottenham, the Tottenham. first stadium, Tottenham, yeah. it's Tottenham, Tottenham. Yeah. Um, my dad called it, it, they're a big rival with, with Chelsea in London mm-hmm. and my dad called it Totteringham and I didn't correct him. I'm like, you just keep calling it Totteringham, but it, it's Tottenham Hotspurs stadium. Um, the Falcons are at Wembley and this one has the bills listed second. So they might not get mm-hmm. back to back home games. Maybe Wembley is their home stadium for their London home stadium. Um, but went there last year, Great turnout, but Broncos country cra- traveled very well too, and it's it's a pretty easy trip for uh, Atlanta, Buffalo, uh, Jacksonville to get over to London. In fact, I actually flew up. Little secret here for for traveling, I flew JetBlue for like a hundred dollars up to Boston because I'd never been, and Boston to London was like four hundred and fifty dollars. Atlanta to London was like. $1,100. So I got there and back and got to go in and see Wrigley Field for the day and just kind of mess around for like $650 instead of $1,200. So there's ways to game the system a little bit. I had to book separate tickets and I wasn't checking luggage or any of that stuff and I was traveling alone. So it was real easy, but definitely different ways to do that. Um, but and, and, and Jeremy asked, why, why more do I get it now as far as the excitement? It is. It's just, it just makes it feel like things are closer. It, mm-hmm. the the scheduling helps it just helps it feel like we're it's more real the 2024 season 2023 season is closer to us it's not may and you know nick when you said helps pass the doldrums i always said hey that's what baseball's for mm. <laughs> speaking of baseball you got it mixed up there just gotta correct you the wrigley's in chicago fenway i went boston. to fenway sorry yeah. yep yep fenway I, i'd never been to fenway i've been to wrigley i'd never been to fenway i'd never been to boston yeah. so it's like well i'll book like a five-hour layover took a, a, a train into Boston and, and walked around, went and had lunch at Fenway and, um, and then flew over to London, but I did it real cheap. So that was a good, that was a good trip. So there's ways, ways to do it, ways to work the system. Don't just go Atlanta to London search. No, no, no. Do JFK to London. Ooh, 500 bucks. Okay. Atlanta to JFK, <laughs> Atlanta to Newark. I'll take the train over to JFK. Um, yeah, there's, there's different ways to work it around here. Um, gotta be thrifty. Costin says rise up. Good morning. Philip Hogginson in Montana, Montana, our Montana Hogginson. 
And, um, you know, when I saw this, Jeremy, Jeremy asked, I don't understand the hype around the schedule. I saw Sean Edwards come in here and I said, well, this is your answer right here. That's that's why. And for those of you listening, it's football in all exclamation points. That's why, because it's not actual football, but it's close. It makes it feel like it's closer. And um, that's part of it. Joe Cannon says, great morning, Scott and Nick. How about that schedule? So the other games also, um, I've seen the the Christmas Day game, one of them. There might be more than one, but they usually do two. Why, why do one when we can have the whole day to ourselves? Mm-hmm. Um, was the Giants and Eagles. Um, the October 1st is the, the first international game is the Falcons versus Jaguars at Wembley Stadium in London. Uh, Jacksonville Bills at uh, Hotspur Stadium, Spurs Stadium in London. That's north kind of east London, I think. I haven't seen that stadium yet. I haven't seen Arsenal Stadium either. They're both North London, and those are big rivals. Chelsea's like, yeah, we hate you two, but these two are out for blood, uh, Arsenal and Spurs. And then uh, Baltimore and Tennessee on October 15th wraps up the the NFL UK. The Miami and Kansas City. Now, that's a pretty nice showpiece game for uh, playing in Frankfurt, Germany. They were in Munich last year. They went back. And they're in Frankfurt this year. And then the Colts and the Patriots. Now, I thought it was a little ironic that the Patriots are, you know, the red, white, and blue Patriots are playing overseas. But is that the point? Uh, just a popular franchise, large <laughs> large fan base. And that's a good game. I'm happy to get out there in Frankfurt. I mean, expanding in Germany is a good market. One of my best friends is coming up from Germany here in a few weeks. I'll have to give him a hard time to get to one of those games. He lives in Augsburg. Uh, but uh, the game that really surprises me here is the Chiefs actually being sent overseas to play the Dolphins in Frankfurt with the uh, the Chiefs being the the home team um, on that list. I had heard that maybe this is, you know, just being anti-Chiefs or you know, my realm, uh, but I heard the Chiefs are pretty lobbying pretty damn hard to not be sent overseas being you know, playing the well we won the super bowl we have patrick mahomes you shouldn't take away a home game from us like we we shouldn't have to go overseas and uh, glad to see if that was the case the nfl stick to their guns uh i mean you're a big draw and you're trying to expand that nfl market over europe i mean it makes sense to send them but uh yeah so i had who's the most visible player in the nfl right now oh it's obviously uh Justin Simmons, you know, Patrick Sertan, those guys, superstars. No, it's, I mean, it's Mahomes. Yeah, is it, it, I, I'd say it's Mahomes. I, I'd say, you know, the the closest one, the arguably would be still Aaron Rodgers. But I think he's kind of alienated himself away from the super mega hype um, where, you know, he still does some media. But I think Patrick Holmes is Mahomes. Golly, Wrigley Field. Yeah, Fenway, yeah. Mahomes, Holmes. Patrick Mahomes is probably the, uh, you know, he's the the face of the NFL right now. Um, who do you think would ahead. be third? Let's just going down this back down a little bit. I because when you said who's second, I did not think Rodgers immediately. Maybe it's because he's been so weird and off in this whole charade. I've, I'm, I've kind of tuned him out. But to me, my mind immediately goes to Joe Burrow for the number yeah, two. He, he doesn't do enough other things though. He's not. Yeah. He, you know, Joe Burrow could walk into. You know, he he could go into Anyville, USA, and walk into a gas station, and no one would recognize him. You know, he yeah, doesn't do he doesn't have the national ad campaigns. Everybody knows who Aaron Rodgers is from the national yeah. campaigns, the state farm stuff where, you know, and he's done much more than that. Um, you know, when you start getting those big national campaigns, that's when you've you are the Q rating is is what it is without having to say, 
who it is underneath. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like you you see an ad for deodorant and stuff, and it says, you know, former NFL linebacker, and it's got their name under there. It's like thanks, because I didn't know who the hell that was. Yeah. Well, Joe Burrow's time, I think, is coming uh, in that regard with the uh, the other setting sons. He's got a little bit more swagger to him than uh, Justin Herbert and uh, some of those other yeah, guys. No, so. I think he's got a great personality, and he yeah. will be that guy. But I don't. I think Aaron Rodgers for Q rating right now is still probably second. Uh, Q rating for us, Albert Knopfler saying good morning. I'll appreciate you being here. Um, let me see. And Hotspur, a rash, impetuous person. Yeah, the Tottenham Hotspurs. Um, and you know, we're talking English. Yeah, but we were talking London. We were, we were talking London teams, uh, as far as English teams, he says, give me Liverpool. Yeah. I, I got a lot of respect for Liverpool. I, I started watching about 10 years ago, the premier league and that Liverpool team was incredibly unlikable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anybody that has Luis Suarez on it, I'm going to root against if he joined my son's soccer team, I would root against them. Um, he's just a despicable person. But once um, Jurgen Klopp came to Liverpool, they, their style changed, and it, they became a for a neutral. They became a really, really fun team to watch. Um, but I was already, I, I had already picked a team by then. But I could see why you know Liverpool. I know why they've got a ton of fans with their history, but I know why they would have gotten a bunch more um, recently as well. Uh, let me see and turn on and Jeremy says and turn on incognito mode when searching flights. That makes sense because you'll search a flight, come back an hour later and search it again. And it's up $150. That might be why. So good tip. Good tip. Um, let's get into this. Um, let's get into this um, Falcons and Jaguars game here. Um, there's another storyline that's a little bit interesting in there, and that's Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. Um, you want Calvin Ridley to have a good season for the Jaguars, but not necessarily a good, you don't want him to have a good game at the expense of the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I believe if he, once he makes a team that, that fourth upgrades to a third or the fifth to a fourth, and then it can, depending on if he re-signs after this year, gets a new contract, it could go all the way up to a second round pick, Nick. I think it's fourth, third, second is okay. the, uh, escalators there. So yeah, Calvin Ridley will be interesting. This uh, this Jags team is really interesting. I mean, they got uh, their the Peterson has got them playing pretty good football. They played the Chiefs last year in the playoffs closer than pretty much any team uh, that went up against them, other than the Eagles. So uh, this is that's a tough game. Um, I guess I'd be happy for Atlanta that it's not a according to how the schedule looks from uh, Adam Schefter, it's not taking away from a home game from Atlanta. But uh, this will be a tough game on the surface right now. I'd probably take. The Jags, uh, but the, both these teams are greatly improved and uh, heading in the right direction. And I really like what both these offenses do as well. They're kind of somewhat match each other. I mean, obviously, you're going to no offense to Falcons in here, but I'm going to take Trevor Lawrence over Desmond Ritter. Uh, but building up, you know, big offensive line infrastructures, wanting to play through the offensive line and be a tough, uh, very tough and physical team up front. So this should that should be a hell of a game. I'm uh, if it wasn't so early in the season, I'm like, hey, maybe it'd be worth it to take the trip to to London, but uh, that's a, uh, that looks like it's going to be a fun one. We should have a pretty good idea. Who's who by that point, that should be week five, week mm-hmm. four. Is it? Um, I think it's, it just has a date. I didn't see which week it was it's week four, week four. I was like, it's gotta be week four or five. Yep. Um, no, I don't think it's a bold statement to say I would take Trevor Lawrence over Desmond Ritter. Um, that's, that's pretty obvious right now. Trevor yeah. Lawrence is one of the best quarterback prospects to come out in the last 10 years. And, 
hasn't played down to anything else right now. I mean, I'm going to say he's the best quarterback in the league for the last 10 years, but as far as prospect goes, he's shown everything that you wanted when you drafted him. Now it's building the team around them. And I thought Doug Peterson was a great hire. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've gone through several coaching searches together, Nick, and, you know, sometimes the retreads aren't necessarily a bad thing. You can have a good coach whose time just message isn't getting through anymore. Um, but he can now go through, um, sorry, Cristiano's talking Luis Suarez and that always throws me off. I always don't want to get bitten, you know, yeah, Luis Suarez bites people on top of that. Um, <laughs> um, but I, I like Doug Peterson a lot. I really do. I, I kind of thought of him like the John Fox hire back in the day. It's a very good coach. Um, we call it an adult in the room after the nonsense that was Urban Meyer at Jacksonville. I th- th- thought that was the right coach, but you know they've they've spent some money and they've got a nice team. Um, you know, you start looking at the offense and how how do you think their offensive line is going to hold up? They've lost some uh, offensive tackles, including one to suspension here recently. Yeah, it will be interesting, man. You got to worry about the offensive line uh, for sure for that. Uh... That unit and tech tackles, there's just not enough of them. So once you're losing starters there, it can get a pretty precipitous drop off in talent. So definitely want to watch for that. But uh, more of these international games, I did want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Dolphins and the Chiefs in that one. I mean, what a game. Uh, two teams that are pretty interesting at that point. I'm curious to see how that Chiefs defense holds up against. I mean, talk about matchups. We mentioned Calvin, Calvin Ridley up against his old team. But now we got the Tyreek Hill uh, matchup here with KC, a team that uh, I, I, that's a rare situation, honestly, where I felt like both teams won the trade. The Chiefs were able to or remake their identity uh, in terms of the offensive side, become a little bit more of a power-oriented team, uh, investing draft picks in edge rusher, cornerback, and oh, what was their other first-round pick last season? I can't remember. Uh, but They got Karloftis last year. Karloftis at edge. They got mm-hmm. uh, the small cornerback from uh, the – uh, small cornerback from Byron Murphy, was it? I can't remember the name of the small quarterback from Washington. I thought they had three first-round picks. Uh, I cannot recall. Three, did they? I could, could always check, though. It wouldn't be that hard. Okay. Um, they Kansas took Sky Chiefs. Moore. They didn't pick for a while. Kansas, Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie. Okay, I mix, mixed up my small uh, University of Washington cornerbacks there. Trent McDuffie was the other one. And then they took Sky Moore early as well. So they kind of remade, redid their identity, built the team, and then the Miami Dolphins become everybody's favorite team on Madden, you know, adding Jalen Waddle, adding Tyree kill and now adding uh, Devon a chain. So that's going to be a very fun matchup. They got a track team out there. Unbelievable speed. Um, And also the thing about the Dolphins that I don't think it's going to happen, but I'm still, I'm, I'm going to believe that Tom Brady's not playing the moment I see he's in that booth calling that game for Fox. And there's been, you know, there's been flirtations in the past about Miami, Steven Ross, and Tom Brady, obviously a, a Michigan connection there. And Miami lost their first round pick this year because of tampering with Tom Brady the year prior. So I, I don't know. I I'm, <laughs> I hate Tom Brady, but I'm secretly hoping that he comes back uh, because that he's would be done amazing. this time. I really I do. Like last year, I said last year, I said Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere this year. I said he is. I, I could mm-hmm. feel it this time. You know, I was kind of waiting like you this time. I think he's done. I, I think he's done this time. I think you're right, but I hope you're not right. <laughs> because I would be, I would really enjoy that uh, if he uh, if he was able to come back. Just fun we will see. Um, I just hope Tua stays healthy. That's that's mm-hmm. the the big one for me. But should be an interesting game. Let's dive back into the chat here a little bit. Um, let me see here. 
uh, wanted to talk about uh, Jason Heller coming on Facebook. He says, Scott, I did a mock draft next year, and they have the Falcons picking sixth. So disrespectful. And they run on Super Bowl odds on that right now and over-under win totals usually. But I would think that the eight and a half, which is their Vegas over-under win totals, would put them better than 20 minus four plus one. Was that 25th best record? Mm-hmm. You know, so – Picking sixth, I, I would think I would agree with you on that one. Um, no, it'd be like 27th anyway. Top six, yeah, would be, would be, uh, I, I have a hard time picturing them getting worse, Nick. You know, yeah. they, I mean, yeah, okay, what, what are the, what are the questions here? Okay, what are the questions for the Atlanta Falcons? Uh, there's a ton of newness on defense. You got a new defensive coordinator and you got a bunch of new bodies. Okay. What's the counter to that, Nick? They were absolutely dreadful the last two seasons. They so were terrible mean, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's not the, the newness is. What are they falling off from? Yeah, right? exactly. Like, oh, yeah, that's, it might take a little while for that defense to come together. Uh, and? Yeah. You know, you mean it could come together? Because it hasn't. They've been going out there with duct tape and former Bears guys. And I think they're just duct taping over the, the logos with Titans and Bears guys out there. The defense was undermanned to say the least so if it takes a little while you're you're, you should be better automatically just with the people you're putting on the field i love dean peace i think he did a magnificent job getting that team from like 31st to like 22 or 23 in yards and points and stuff that was that was solid so you know desmond ritter okay we don't know you got in desmond ritter okay was marcus Mariota the savior did they win Seven games last year because Marcus Mariota, now they're not going to win any. You know, that would be a good Lamar Jackson argument if you went seven and 10 with Lamar Jackson at quarterback and you went from him to Desmond Ritter. But you're going from Marcus Mariota. Desmond Ritter was two and two in his starts. And if you throw out his first start, he had a 94.4 quarterback rating over his last three. That would have put him somewhere along the line of 13th. Um, and, and, and ahead of guys like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Justin Herbert. Now that's a small sample size, but that why do we assume already he's going to fail? It's like, okay, we don't know that he's a positive, but that doesn't automatically make him a negative. That makes him an unknown. He's, he's an X factor. So yeah, I, I just, I have a hard time picturing this team getting worse this coming season. Other than that, Arthur Smith, the the team rebels on him and his message isn't getting through and they quit playing for him. That's about the only thing that makes any sense to me. And that's not going to happen. This team loves him. They, if anything, the Falcons have played hard the last two seasons. So I'm with you on this one, Jason. Yeah. I mean, people are just not going to believe the Falcons until they see it with their own eyes. Cause they've been an afterthought team for the last, you know, four or five years. And Desmond Ritter comes in with very little uh, pomp and circumstance. So you're going to see him uh, ranked high with that kind of thing. You're going to hear Colin Coward talk smack about that and then, you know, go out there and play football and prove him wrong. I think that's one that you can you can choose to be offended by it, and that's fine. But I, this is I how it's going to be. Like, I mean, that's 5-12. and 12. Yeah. That's 6-11. and 11. I just I have a hard time picturing this team going backwards. Yeah, me, me too. But we are acutely aware and understand this team and what they've done to build around them. I mean, with what they did in free agency, the direction they were heading last season, how poor Mariota was last year, how uh, they schemed up, you know, lesser players uh, with that offense. Now you're adding better players back. Um, 
I guess the one caveat that I would have here is that obviously injuries can happen. And what if mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts doesn't come back right or takes him, you know, the, almost the full year? What do your passing weapons look like? Because that's one where you have Drake London, who was great last season. Mm-hmm. After that, it's a question mark if Kyle Pitts is out. Uh, so that's one where maybe if the, on top of that, on top of injuries, maybe things kind of fall apart there. Uh, but I'm not I'm not super duper worried about, you know, the, the Falcons picking six overall. I think the, it's a better question of, where are they going to be? Are they going to be above 500? Because I'd set them, you know, what were they? Seven and a half, eight yeah, and a half? Yeah, it was eight wins? and a half, which I think is That's fair. Nine and eight sounds reasonable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think eight, I think the eight and a half line sounds fair. And if eight and a half is the line, they're not picking sixth. No. You know, if they win eight or nine, they're not picking sixth. They're picking 16th, yep. 17th, 18th. Um, so... I agree with you on that one. Um, Chris Walker coming in on Facebook says, good morning, Chris. Good morning, everyone. Happy hump day. Uh, appreciate you being here. And Kevin Mapp has made his way in over on Facebook as well. So thank you for being here. And Chris has a question about the Falcons. He says, so do you think the offensive line gets better at pass protection or is it about as good as it gets? Just be glad when we run block and deal with it. Um, what do you think so far based on who you've got there? The, the presumptive starters going into the season Jake Matthews, left tackle, Matthew Bergeron, left guard, rookie, uh, center, Drew Dahlman, right guard, Chris Lindstrom, right tackle, Caleb McGarry, plus, um, is it John o. Smith that they signed as one of the tight ends? Traded. Um, Kyle Pitts is back. Um, Keith Smith, fullback, is back, I believe. So that's kind of your core of pass protection. And your running backs. B. John's pretty good in that uh, aspect as well. And Tyler Osgier. So, as far as pass protection goes, I mean, we kind of saw what the market said about Caleb McGarry, a uh, pretty good run blocker, but what'd you pay him for three years, 25 million or something when right tackles are getting paid massive money. I don't know what his trajectory or projection would be as a pass protector. They did a lot last year to cover him up and hide him as best as possible from pure drop back, you know, ISO one-on-one situations and it worked well for the offense. So uh, also with Desmond Ritter, with the running options you have, how often are you going to have to be that pure drop back game? I mean, just the way the team is built right now, you can continue to uh, isolate him some. You're not paying big money for him to be this, you know, amazing ISO in space uh, per- pass protector either. So you're, I think you're going to have some limitations there still. If you fall behind, you know, 14 points and it's the fourth quarter and you're going up against, you know, Miles Garrett or some equal caliber edge rusher. Might be some bad plays here and there um, on the side. That's but true that's, for just about anybody. <laughs> I was going to say that's true for most teams, but uh, that's where I am. Uh, that's where I'm with it. I mean, obviously, you can see some improvements because McGarry is still, you know, under 30 years old, and you have him for control for three years. On the other side, though, you could see Jake Matthews start to dip a bit given his age and where he's at. So I think probably safest bet is going to stay about the same overall, uh, but just due to continuity, maybe improvements from the quarterback position, uh, better weaponry in terms of the running game uh, that it should be, it should look better, but I think the personnel and actual talent should is probably going to stay about the same. I think the offensive line should be better for the reasons that Nick just finished with. And the other part is that I think there's an improvement in Matthew Bergeron over Eli Wilkinson. I thought mm-hmm. Eli Wilkinson played fair that he was an average to a little bit better than average left guard was a massive improvement from 21 to 2022 when uh, Jalen Mayfield was graded by PFF as the worst pass blocking offensive lineman in football period of, of guys that had enough snaps to qualify Jalen Mayfield was the worst in football so getting average was a big help now you might be able to get even a little bit better Matthew Bergeron should be a better player and should 
if, again, if he can stay healthy, because Eli only played 11 games last year. Drew Dahlman turned the corner last season. He started playing really well. He was mid-season. He was like, okay, the Falcons are really going to have to look at center. Last five, six games of the season, maybe coinciding with Marcus with uh, you know the, the switch at quarterback, but when the switch at quarterback happened, Drew Dahlman also started playing better at center. So I think those two players will be better, and then even if you just get status quo across the line, you've gotten better. Mm-hmm. Uh, throw in all the factors that that Nick mentioned between the, the third year in the system, third year coaching, the maturity, the familiarization of that unit as a whole, knowing who's got what assignments and. I can step out here because I know my backside is covered. Uh, all of those type of things. Plus, you got two pretty good blocking running backs. That, yeah, I think pass protection should be better. The question then is, do you have guys that can get downfield? Um, how long are you going to have to hold? You know, how long are you going to have to hold to to pass to hold the men the hold to create a pocket to hold so guys can get downfield? Um, there's not these guys are fast. But, you know, Kyle Pitt still isn't a, a true downfield threat from, you know, what you would normally think of as your, your speed-burning wide receiver who's stretching the defense. And the other aspect of this is Ritter going to be aggressive down the field. That was one of the issues with him at uh, Cincinnati. Uh, he was keenly aware that if he just, you know, drove the bus, they were going to win a lot of games, never really actually had to be aggressive or hunt for the big plays and sometimes you gotta if you like there's a former offensive coordinator for the iowa hawkeyes uh coach don brown used to always say that um, you don't make big plays unless you're looking for big plays and that's something with desmond ritter just on his tape you didn't see those the hunting for the explosives i think we'll see him and and it doesn't necessarily even have to be okay this guy's faster because these guys are bigger so i'm I'm Mm -hmm. gonna counterpoint my own point here when i've got Kyle Pitts and I have Drake London lined out wide and I see single coverage out there. I'm, I'm three-step dropping and, and, and punting the ball, basically, you know, throwing a nice long high fade and letting them run under it and say, my guy's better than your guy. Um, yeah. That's you've got a, more, a little bit more space uh, to get downfield that way. So short answer. Yes. I think the Falcons will be better at pass protection. Um, Want to come in Gary Palmer supporting the show. Thank you, sir. Uh, getting us started breaking the ice with some green here, literally uh, nice green super chat. And just a reminder, like Gary, uh, that super chats and Facebook stars are the most direct way to support Nick and I in the, in the shows that we do. So thank you to Gary for coming in with a super chat. My friend, he says, good morning, Nick and Scott, and good morning to you as well. Um, Kevin agrees with me. He says, Brady's done. I, I agree, but here's a, a, an interesting take. Are the Colts going to regret their number one? Um, with, with Anthony Richardson, because right now they're getting a lot of plaudits for that. They're getting a lot of, hey, this was a really nice pick, but it's a ri- it is it's a risky pick. But I, I think if he could have gone anywhere, going to Shane Steichen as a new coach with a long runway, a long leash, I think that I think he he's in as good a situation he could have as he could have asked for. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Mapp, notorious Anthony Richardson hater. So uh, now we'll see who ends up being right on that. It's definitely possible uh, that they could end up regretting it. But uh, that that offensive infrastructure is not great uh, out there when you spend that money, uh, match money on a uh, guard and you don't build around it. Besides that, it's uh, some issues, but we'll see what it looks like out there. 
And uh, clowns are pretty scary also. So we'll see what happens with uh, Richardson and Brady being done. I'm just, I think the NFL is more interesting when Brady's back and to add him to that. And it's bad for the Broncos because Miami seems to be a team that would probably be fighting them for one of those uh, wild card spots. So adding Brady to that team. I'm also not really a Tua believer. I think that last season, the they had that easy button. And once the teams kind of started to take that away um, from those RPO looks, he's like, okay, well, now what do we move on to? And they had no answer uh, for that. They couldn't run the ball and Tua couldn't really push the ball vertically either. And also the concussion stuff with Tua. So uh, I'm hoping for it just from a narrative standpoint, that could be interesting, but I think it's unlikely. I'd say it's like 95% Brady's done. But man, I fun. think I like the Richardson pick. I know I'm getting caught up in the tools here as well and the trusting of the coaching, but that's it. <laughs> the tools. And I like the coach. I like the situation. And if it doesn't work out, I can move him to tight end. And I've got another Kyle Pitts. I mean, that's who he, he, when you're looking at this guy, who does he comp to? Kyle Pitts, you know, who, who jumps higher? You know, who's 6'4", 250 pounds, running the 4'4s with a 40-inch vertical leap. And he's got a good release and a good arm. He doesn't have this big, ugly, awkward release. That's a pretty release. Terrell Pryor was a number one super hype quarterback coming out of high school. He was a basketball player, too. And he was a number one player on scout. And I, you'd get those things out as early as you can. I was director of scouting, and I trusted my guys that were out there in the field i'm like okay listen we got to get this in give me your top 100 guys we'll mix them together and then we'll talk to you about who's going to be number one overall and i went and watched like the top five from each region and my friend bob lichtenfels was handling the east and terrell Pryor. i'll come back around i said my god he can't throw you know he, he this guy cannot throw that's not anthony richardson you know mm -hmm. i don't look at anthony richardson and think this guy should be moved to wide receiver I see a nice, clean release and a strong arm. Uh, I don't even Tim Tebow, who could throw, he just had too long a release for the NFL. He, you know, he, he passed for a zillion yards at Florida. Don't tell me he couldn't throw. And Terrell Pryor could throw well enough in an Urban Meyer system at Ohio State to get away with it, but he should have been a wide receiver for the NFL, NFL purposes right away. Um, Anthony Richardson can throw. You know, the, the tools are all there. So we'll see. And I think he's going to get a chance to play early. He might not start, and he may throw one for every two passes that uh, Gardner Minshew throws in the first couple games. But by the time we're talking, uh, you know, Frankfurt, Germany, he might be the starter. And it could be real interesting to watch him play. Um, one of the most interesting players in the upcoming season and going forward, just because if it hits, it's incredible, but a lot of risk. Obviously, one-year starter. I mean, we've we've hashed uh, Anthony Richardson on, Richardson on here a lot, and I think he's got equal chances. He's more likely to bust than he is to become an absolute superstar. But you're chasing true for super everybody. That's true. Yep, that's mm -hmm. true. Uh, but for a quarterback, at least me speaking, you're chasing superstars. I'm not yep. looking to draft Mac Jones in the first round. Like, God, miss me with that. I'd rather <laughs> flame out entirely than use a first-round pick on you know, just a, a single bunting to get on at the quarterback position. That's not my style. Yeah. I, I don't know that, you know, Joe Burrow's got a nice arm. I don't know that he was the super toolsy guy. When you compare him to Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Herbert, it was Herbert, no, you know, or, you know, Josh Allen. Well, and, and who fits in that mold a little bit now is yeah. Josh Allen is Bryce young. Mm hmm. You know, Bryce Young doesn't have an absolute rocket for an arm. He just certainly doesn't have the tools, but he can play. So very, it's going to be a very interesting 
quarterback class mm-hmm. um, for sure. When we were talking about the improvements on defense that the Falcons have made, you know, why they weren't any good, you know, Ryan reminds us is when your half of your uh, your salary cap is eaten up in dead money, it's hard to build a team. Yes, it is. And I was hoping, and so far I, I like what I've seen. Was Terry Fontenot going to be, I've learned, you know, I, I've learned how to live and count my pennies and scrape by and cut coupons in order to get by. And now I've come into some money. Now I've got my first real job and I can go out and buy things. Do I go and splurge it? Or am I the redneck lottery winner that's broken 10 years because I overspend on stupid stuff? That was kind of what I was waiting to see what happens with the Falcons when they have some available salary cap. You know, they go by overspend on some big shiny new toy. No. Did they pay? I, I think it was one of the criticisms. They paid market value for their big ticket free agent, Jesse Bates. So what? Yeah. I like market value. I'm, I'm okay with that. Did they overspend? No. Did he overspend on any of these guys? Maybe a little, but they had money to spend. So I was very excited to see what Terry Fontenot can do. And I think they've gotten very good value for the players that they have brought in. And they knew they needed a bunch of good players, yeah. which is what they've done, Nick, especially on that defensive side of the ball. And they built kind of built through the draft and, the, the offense, most of the pieces were in place as is that they spent their money on defense. Yeah. I mean, really for the Falcons, you're talking defense here. It's just, can you get a couple or one superstar uh, difference maker up front on the defensive line? I mean, that's really looking at this team. I mean, you could still, you know, toss resources at the secondary in terms of depth at cornerback. That's a question long-term, but getting a true alpha uh, interior or edge rusher on that defense would take them from, probably what's an average defense this upcoming season on paper talent wise. Uh, maybe it'll be better because of the scheme, but talent wise, they have good pieces, but not the uh, true difference makers on that defensive line. I think Grady Jarrett would be like an excellent, I, I don't see him as like one of the, you know, the, you have to scheme him out no matter what, like you, the first thing when your teams come this next week is they put Grady Jarrett up on the screen and be like, okay, what are we doing to stop this guy? He's they great. I don't Falcons, know. Though, Cause he's the only one up front. They had to worry about. You've yes. never seen Grady Jarrett play with anybody else on the defensive line ever yeah that's true so he was i'll just i'll never forget the the clip in in 2021 they had him mic'd up and he's getting triple teamed he goes damn y'all don't have anybody else to block no no we don't you know and and turning him and, and again him having to move outside to an end position that's not where he's best you know put him inside let him let him and anyamata play together and it, it could be fun, but no, I agree. He's not Aaron Donald. Don't get me wrong, but he's a multi pro bowl high motor problem mm-hmm. on the defensive line. And uh big fan of Grady Jarrett. <laughs> and we do have some lines coming out for these international games that have been announced. Uh, Falcons Jags are uh, Jags are favored by four October 1st uh, Jags bills. Bills are favored by three and a half. Uh, this, then these are lines are via uh, DK Sportsbook. book. Uh, we have Ravens favored by three and a half over the Titans. Uh, Dolphins are underdogs by five and a half points to the Chiefs. And then Patriots are five point favorites over the Colts. So hmm. will be uh, interesting to watch those matchups, see how the lines shift. Obviously, if any of those really stand out to you, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. Put those bets in now because the lines will change. It's too way too early to tell. Yeah, I, need, I need four weeks. I'm like one of those algorithms that you got to have enough sample size in there for me to start thinking, okay, does that make sense? Um, 
you know, right now it's you, you just don't know. Um, yeah. Albert Knoppers is bringing up something. I don't know much about this, Nick. Um, he says, but what do you think of the suspended Lions players because they place bets in their facility? The NFL gets paid as well because of betting. I call hypocrisy. Um, they have books in the stadiums in London where you can go in and place your bets. It's like a horse racing track. Um, I don't know. I didn't know that they had that in uh, NFL stadiums. But yeah, I mean, if <laughs> if it's the vending machine sitting there and I go and put a bet on the Braves, now, you know, the cardinal rule is you do not bet on your own sport. But if they go in and, you know, they, if Bijan Robinson walks in and says, oh, you know, the Longhorns are against the, the Huskers. Yeah, I'm, let me let me let me go up to the vending machine and do that. I don't you're suspending those guys. That's uh, that's pretty hypocritical. I mean, it's they're announcing the uh, the suspensions and then NFL. Your games today is brought to you by, you know, <laughs> DraftKings. DraftKings. Yeah. Get your bets in, but not you. Not you in the corner. Uh, NFL player. Yeah, this uh, as long as you're not betting on your own sport, I don't give a hoot about I've, it i've I, just i've never ever ever one of the things that the do as i say not as i do angers me to a point i can hardly speak that's why i hate politicians pretty much um you know different rules for me than me mm, no no you're not better than i am you don't get different rules than i do yeah so uh, I don't don't like that. Um, Kevin Mapp says when we were talking about you know the the disrespect says we've been disrespected for so many years. It's just par for the course. The only thing that will ever change is a Super Bowl win. The last several years, I don't think the the Falcons have been disrespected. They've been bad. Um, I think Desmond Ritter is being disrespected. I I think he is. You know, it's like, well, why do you think that, Scott? Well, thank you for asking. Um, because he's automatically being put down as a negative that's why you know there's there's no benefit of the doubt there's there's there are people that will say well they've still got questions at quarterback but then answer their own question the falcons can't win eight and a half games they have a question mark at quarterback and they can't win eight and a half with desmond ritter well it doesn't sound like they have a question mark sounds like they've got you already have the answer that he he cannot play and he's not good enough i don't know that he's good enough for sure but that doesn't automatically make him a negative that makes him a question mark. It's an X factor. He is a huge X factor in this team. I don't even know how huge it is, honestly. It could be between them being competent and being really good. Yeah, I, I think the floor on this team should be about seven wins again. Where they were last year, based on the upgrades and the personnel, shouldn't be any worse than they were last year. The X factor for me is if he's better than average to good, this could be a 12 win team. Yeah. I mean, certainly possible. I'd probably go one lower and you and the win loss is six, just because wild things happen. Mm -hmm. um, so like you could have a crazy rash of injuries and that would you know change the outcome. But yeah, I think this is a team that the Vegas got them right in terms of the over unders here. And uh, the NFC South is prime for the taking the don't really like what the saints have done overall, though. Derek Carr is probably the best known quantity quarterback in the division. So you can't rule them out. Bucks are, tossing this season I, are they in the hunt for a quarterback next year i don't know that's a team that's uh i'm not buying any stock in the buccaneers and then Pan the panthers you've heard me talk on here a lot i really like the makeup of that team but rookie quarterback adds a lot of uh, question marks early on so kevin map uh yeah i don't know uh don't think he will be but if he's bad how long will smith go with ritter before a change he seems pretty loyal to ritter so i think it'd probably have to be 
a good chunk. I mean, we saw last year with Mariota as well that he rode that bus for a long time. So I think he's going to give him quite a runway. Yeah, what, 17 games minus four starts, 13 games? Yeah. Uh, and Ritter, Mariota was way up and down. I mean, he was like AFC, NFC Player of the Week twice. Mm-hmm. And then, like, the worst-rated quarterback three times. So, and, and those early turnovers were just like, oh, yeah, we're playing really well. We're in it. And Marietta just, Ugh! you know, just give it away. Yeah. Um, Drake London had a little bit of that give-the-ball-away problem, too. So, you know, that – hopefully that stuff will get cleared, cleared up. But, you know, I, I think it should be a decent runway. I agree with him. I agree with, with Nick that, you know, and you don't want to go in saying, you know, how long, but – you know, if you're 0-4, there might be a problem. Um, but, you know, if you pull him, you're done with him. I just think that it'd be it'd be hard to come back from that because if you pull him, it'd be hard to get back in for anything other than an injury because then you're looking at quarterback in the next year's class. Without a doubt, you are all in on quarterback in the next year. You're probably right. I mean, you see it in college football all the time. Sometimes a guy just needs a series off or, you know, something to get his head right. They're recruiting. They're not under contract. Yeah. You know, they're trying to hold on to a guy to keep him from transferring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say, but college is different. You do see that in college, though, where guys do that. So it'll be interesting uh, to see what happens with Ritter. I mean, you you didn't like a quarterback enough to take him there early after the first three went. So Next year, will you be in a position to take one? It could be a pretty good class. We'll have a chance to get into the quarterbacks if we want to. A few more games to announce here that have been announced. Uh, Before we started here, they announced that Christmas Day, you have the Giants at Philly going to be on Fox. So that'll be a great game. Excited for that. And they also announced the uh, Black Friday game, NFL's first ever Black Friday game on November 24th. Brought to you. And and where is that game going to be played? New York. Amazon. Uh, And Amazon. Those are all Amazon Prime games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, You are... The Christmas game is uh, on Fox, but yes, you're right. The, but I mean the, the Friday Black Friday night. game. Oh. The big yep. the big commercial retail game is on the big commercial retailer. <laughs> yep. And make sure you're tuning in on uh, Cyber Monday uh, following the game. You know, you can start now. Cyber Monday is now. Join us and you can order your Tua Tagovailoa and Aaron Rodgers uh, bobbleheads. But yep, no, on uh, Friday, November 24th, uh, they're going to have the Dolphins versus the Jets. So it's so weird to see Aaron Rodgers rocking that uh, number eight uniform for the uh, the Jets but yeah a lot of games announced we're starting to get an idea also uh just given the math here you can this one could be wrong but I saw a tweet on this because shout out to Marcus uh, Mosher who covers the Cowboys but mm-hmm. Cowboys rotate every other year AFC NFC for Thanksgiving and there's only one team left that could make sense for them given their schedule according to Marcus Mosher um and that would be the Patriots at Dallas for Thanksgiving so watch that one it's not announced yet bonanza yeah, so that'll be that'd be a fun one. So want to say hello to uh, Eric coming in. He says uh, coming in late, but good morning, gentlemen. And you know what? He's coming in big. He's not mm-hmm. just coming in late. He's coming in big. So thank you for being here, Eric. And if you have any other questions, obviously, and and this goes for everybody, hit, hit me up in the chat afterwards. Our last one talking about the uh, Colin Coward wins and losses. There's probably 50 comments on that one after the fact. So. If there's a question or anything, I'll, I read every single one of them. If there's anything in there you need me to hit, I will. Um, and Eric, appreciate you coming in, coming in orange with the uh, with the super chat. Helps keep the lights on and mm-hmm. helps keep my forehead nice and shiny so that we know the lights are on. So thank you, my friend, to you and Gary Palmer, who have both come in with super chats today. Now, we appreciate you both coming in and supporting us on this Wednesday morning show. Uh, 
Scott, I don't know. We talked about this. Uh, is there any other points you wanted to hit on before we start to wrap it on up? Uh, give a chance for some more supers to uh, matriculate on in. Yeah, we'll hit. Uh, we'll hit. And I already, I already texted London this morning. I said, "Hey, you want to go to a Falcons game?" Asked my daughter. I said she hasn't been to London. I took my. We took my son to to Europe, but my daughter hasn't been, so I might drag her over. So any excuse for me to get over there, I'll I'll, I'll try and make it. Um, Chelsea's coming to Atlanta in July. I figure we'll go, we'll bring Atlanta to, uh, to London in, 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 uh, October. Uh, but Brandon asks, he says, what team has a chance to make the, what new team has a chance to make the playoffs this year? That's a good question. Who are, who are some of the teams? Um, you know, let's look at the, the NFC South. I could make an argument really for any one of the other three teams for the Panthers, for the saints, for the Falcons. Now, Obviously, I know more about the Falcons than I do the Saints and the Panthers. Rookie quarterback in the Panthers. The Panthers' defensive pieces were scary good. When the Panthers decide they want to play, they're a good football team. They they have been the past couple of years. 21 21 and 2022, I think the Falcons split both games with them. And it was just like, okay, which team wants to show up between the two? Oh, and, and there's actually a good question, too. Um, Someone asked about Trey Flowers. So we'll hit on that and then we'll probably mm-hmm. get out of here. Um I, I do I like I like what the Falcons have done. Uh is Derek Carr a big enough of a, a difference maker in New Orleans to to drag them to the uh to drag them to the the playoffs this year? Very possible. I mean, that's I don't really trust the offensive infrastructure of that team but michael thomas is going to be back we'll see what happens with alvin kamara with that whole uh, vegas incident but uh, Derek carr's the best quarterback on paper in that division so they, they got a chance i don't love them i mean the defense is getting much older they didn't have you know draft picks and dra- uh money to really spend on that defense this year either so they're a, they're a weird team they they scream you know eight and nine uh seven and ten nine and eight to me which might be enough to get in uh in the nfc south we will see I would take the Panthers and the Falcons over them. Uh, but yeah, the NFC South, I th- think that's who's the team that's most likely to get in there that uh, we haven't seen in the playoffs last year. Somebody from the NFC South. Cause again, I, like I said earlier, I'm not betting at all on the Buccaneers. I don't know about Todd Bowles. I don't know about Kyle Trask, Baker Mayfield. No, thanks. All right. You're looking at the Falcons schedule right now. And, and that's how I'm looking at this. I'm like green Bay Packers. Nah, they don't do it for me. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, they made it last year, you know, so they don't count. They're a good team. These are the home games. Houston Texans, Indianapolis Colts, don't feel good about them turning it around. Carolina Panthers is a maybe. Saints are a maybe. Buccaneers went last year. Commanders, maybe. Hmm. The team on the aways, Chicago Bears, eh, Detroit Lions, they made it. Didn't the Detroit sneak in last year? No, they got beat in week 17 or week 16 in a game they should have won. Uh, they got taken to by the Panthers. Uh, they'd have beaten the Panthers. two then. Detroit yep. Lions, yep. I think, have a chance to make the playoffs. And then the final one, as they're listed here, and I can't tell what order they're listed in, but it's the New York Jets. The Jets were a solid team with atrocious quarterback play. Mm-hmm. Now, Aaron Rodgers might not be the two-time MVP, or he's one more than that, but the back-to-back MVP that he was two years ago. But he's going to be a humongous upgrade over what they've had last year. And they were hanging around the playoffs all year despite atrocious quarterback play now that's awful quarterback play desmond ritter is not that no that was awful quarterback play and they were still right there so i'm gonna say lions and jets those are the two teams that i outside of the entirety of the nfc south i was looking at the standings like a lions really stand out to me here 
as do the uh, New York Jets. Not really much in the AFC. Maybe somebody will surprise. I mean, last year, the we never really – you were the one who pretty much nailed it in my head that never discount Mike Tomlin. Uh, who knows what happens with that Steelers <laughs> team in the AFC North is a That's a losing season. Yeah, I mean, still 9-8 and eight last year, so pretty darn incredible out there. The AFC South, I mean, it feels like it's the Jags or nobody there, how it looks right now. So um, interesting one, too. I think the Patriots defense is going to be – one of the best on paper this season. If Bill Belichick, I mean, they, and also we talked about the Broncos going from total lack of institutional control and competency. See, in my mind, for- I always have them in the playoffs anyway. So yeah. I would have, so I, I can't remember the week. They've expanded the playoffs so much. I can't remember who all made it. So I'm yeah. going way off the cuff here. The Lions and Jets. Yeah, true. I just, uh, the point about the Patriots is they could have the best defense in football yeah. and they are going from, absolute clown show offensive staff with uh, Matt Patricia, who's never coached the offensive coordinator before being the offensive coordinator for that team now and bringing a uh, Bill O'Brien. Who's like, not, you know, a Renaissance man as an offensive coordinator, but like an adult who's done the position before. So uh, that's a team that also could possibly make that move. I think Patriots have the worst odds to win the AFC East right now. And I'm like, that's, and it's like pretty different. Like that's one. It's like, I mean, if I was interested in betting, maybe toss some money there. Cause yeah, AFC, AFC East could be interesting. Yeah, especially if they're the worst, you get some odds there. That's like I, I was flying into Orlando one time and it said zero percent chance of rain in central Florida. Give me some of that action. Yeah, it yeah. rained. <laughs> it rains every day in central Florida in the summertime. Uh coming in right as rain is Michael Ranquillo coming in with a huge top rope. Jimmy Superfly snook a splash elbow off the top rope. Um with a super chat, helping to keep the lights on for us and helping to support everything we do. Michael, we love you for it. Uh, and all of the support you give us off air as well on, on social medias with the shares and everything. You're a big part of what we do. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm going to leave this up here while we get this last point that Eric asked about. Um, and someone else did too. Eric helped remind me. The Trey Flowers pick. So they've now signed, I think, a couple of defensive backs. Jesse Bates was a headliner. Trey Flowers Jeremy, thank you. I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on Trey Flowers because I helped write Who's up the article. Was special teams, rotational guy, good size, but I think this is a special teams play early and a depth piece. So when we talk about instead of getting cast offs from the Bears and Titans, you can shop a tier higher than that for a lot of these guys for depth. And that's what the Falcons have been doing. So that's where this is a, a guy to bring in that can make the 53. Maybe he's not active all the time, depending on how you got. But after you waived Casey Hayward, who was getting long in the tooth and had an injury last year, this could be a replacement for a fourth, fifth cornerback and a key special teams player with good size and speed at 6'3", 200 pounds. But I don't see him being a big contributor. I don't necessarily want him to be a big contributor to the um, to the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, I got to say that the guys that I was talking about, his name was Trey Flowers. Okay. So um, I was like, God, that name is not, that's not what I remember. So selected by in the fourth round by the Patriots and had some really good seasons. And then the lions paid him a massive uh, contract. So different uh, Trey Flowers. Flowers. Yeah. Okay. So I'm not much familiar with Trey Flowers, the uh, defensive back. So I'll have to uh, kick it over to you on that one. I have not watched him. I do remember him uh, being Big, actually, now that you mentioned that, but I was thinking that they brought in the uh, the pass rusher, Trey Flowers. So, uh, disregard. Yeah, quarterback Trey, yeah, that's a, a bad pun, but very possible, actually. You know, it's 
I like, you know, Akuda and uh, AJ Terrell. What happened? Did I just boot Nick or did he just boot himself on accident? Um, <laughs> Akuda and AJ Terrell look like one and two. And here's hoping that Akuda makes them make a Caleb McGarry type of decision because they did not pick up his, his fifth year option. And it would be nice if we're worried about how much they're going to have to pay him to keep him in free agency next year. Jeffrey Akuda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want that. I want them. I want Akuda to Caleb McGarry of the Falcons next year. It's like, oh, well, you know, well, they're going to have to pay him a ton. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. That would be not, uh, that would be a good problem to have. That means you Jeffrey Akuda played wonderful this year. Yeah. I'll take that problem. You almost said fine there, and we know how we feel about the word fine. That yeah, would be fine. fine. I look yeah. fine? Oh, God. Yeah, and Nick accidentally closed out the uh, Trey Flowers uh, link there. He thought he was and accidentally closed out uh, StreamYard instead. So I'm back just before, just in time to say uh, goodbye. Yeah, so aloha. That's a perfect time for aloha. Uh, Nick just offed himself. Uh, Roderick says, a nice, easy listen. So want to say thanks to everybody for being here. Hit a like on your way out. Tell a friend if you if you like what we're doing. We are growing, uh, and you can help us grow more. Uh, and and it helps us do more things, more shows, uh, better equipment. Send us to London so we can pod live from London. Uh, all of those type of things. Um, want to say thank you to Gary. I uh, want to say thank you to Eric and and uh, Michael Rankio, especially as our super chat superstars today. So thank you very much. Nick and I will be back tomorrow morning on Mile High Huddle, and then we'll be back next Monday uh, for the Falcons podcast, 9 a.m. And you can find us on Apple Pods. Give us a review. It's it's Apple Pods. It's the nice and easy. It's the Falcons podcast. So thanks, everybody, again, for being here. We went a full hour. I wasn't sure we were going to, so it flies by. Thanks for being here, y'all. Nick, I will see you tomorrow morning. And everybody else, you know, it's hump day, and we're on the way back down. Have a great weekend, everybody.